Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Nonsense and Storytime. This is the third episode and the second piece of content on our Patreon. Aren't you glad you subscribed? Well, we are. This is um, the second piece of exclusive content only available on the Patreon. So, hope you guys enjoy where we left off from last time. Enjoy the show. Woo woo, chapter 20, this is a, this is a landmark. Three zero. Right. Max turned the key in the slot. A red flashing light went off and gas filled the enclosed room with the creature. Test 10 is running cycle now, said Max into the microphone, watching as the creature was surrounded by the gas. The creature squealed and squirmed, trying to escape the gas. Max had started a small secret corporation to try to fix these weird, corrupted creatures he had come across a couple nights ago. The small secret corporation was hidden in an abandoned building in the Queens. He had figured out that the creatures had a mutated form of rabies. The mutation was man-made. Max thought using the creature's DNA to make a gas from a, from a cure might work. Of the nine tests, none had worked. The rabies outbreak was so long ago, it was almost a shock to Max. The outbreak had died down, but had not been exterminated. The gas dissolved and the creature stood there screeching. Test 10 is a fail. Get ready for test 11, said Max, sighing, tired from a long night at work. Before Max could take the key out of the slot, a blue flashing light appeared in the right-hand corner of the oxygen level screen. The oxygen levels had been fine, but something was in the air that wasn't supposed to be. The creature's DNA has... The creature's DNA gas has cure has binded with the oxygen, Max said into the microphone. His colleagues ran over and observed the information carefully. How is this possible? asked one of his colleagues. I have no clue. Apparently the virus evolved and learned how to bind with other substances. It's incredible, said Max. Peepy, I need you to sedate the test subject and move it to room three. And then transport the extra DNA gas cure failures to room six. Max said to his colleague, What the heck type of name is Pee-Pee? <laughs> Literally, it's P I P I. Is it Pippi? Maybe it's Pippi. I don't know. You wrote it. The P I P I has an accent mark, though. We'll do Pippi. Pippi's the name. I don't feel comfortable <laughs> saying Pippi. Pippi. It's Pippi, like, and that's canon. It's Pippi. The creature fell to the ground limp. The train dart laid embedded in the creature's neck between parts of its hard armor. The metal cart of, of cure failures rushed out of the room on its way to the disposal room, room 6. The subject handlers walked into the test room and placed the creature onto a stretcher and carried it out of the room. It gained consciousness and jumped and slashed at the handlers, cut, uh, cutting their protective suits. The creature slammed the handlers into the wall, knocking them unconscious. The handler of the, the, handler of the failures pushed the cart through the door just to notice the creature. The creature rushed towards the handler and sliced it, and cutting both the handler and a large titanium holder for the gas. The gas seeped out, soon filling the air. The handler laid on the ground, holding his neck as blood spilled out. The creature ran through the swinging doors, double doors that led to the outside, and the gas followed, seeping through the doors into the night sky. Ooh. Our first origin! Yay! Okay, so... We it already is confirmed that in this the... chapter... It is a mutated form of rabies from the 2004 rabies war. It is unfortunately confirmed. Like, it why'd is. you have to do that, dude? Sorry. We we do have the other ones later on, so you'll see that. But I guess those aren't technically 
canon canon like uh, whatever but it's not a marvel universe calm down well i i can still say canon you know there this is a lot of lore here let's there, be there honest is a lot of lore, lore but yeah. you did okay this isn't a um origin though for the monsters themselves because those are already established apparently this guy within the span of like one night uh discovered that there were creatures around and uh, i also created a wanted whole to make corporation. it because i was like holy smokes this is gonna take so long to spread right. so i was like we gotta make this airborne quick yeah well yeah and so apparently that manifested and we gotta make a corporation quick to investigate these things and that's exactly what max did max the character we'll probably never see again by the way but yeah uh, dang yeah but Max and PP, we can add PP to the Pipe, list uh, Pippi, it's Pippi. Okay, we can we can have different views on how that's P-I-P-I. Gonna... Yeah, PP. Okay. But... Anyways, this next chapter, you can read. Oh, okay, well, hold on now. That Dang, that was big. Uh, can we not... The... Yeah. What? I... That was... That's a big chapter. That's very important. 21? 20, the one we just read. Oh, that was a bit. It was very important, too. Oh, yeah. That's well, that's what I just said. Yeah, I know you, you said that. Apparently, he's talking into a microphone, which links to the room that the creature's in, so he's talking to the creature for some reason. I don't know why he'd be talking into a microphone. That's a plot hole. We don't talk about plot holes. Okay. I did like the chapter overall. I'm going to give you that. Yay. What would you give it out of 10? Um, Out of 10. A solid... Ten, like... Okay, a solid 3. Which is very high. Wow. That's very terrible. high for you. Holy smokes. Well, with... I, I, you know, because of that, I'd give all your chapters now a negative one. Uh, a, that doesn't fall within the ratings. So that is a divide by zero error, and that makes one. it a no, 10 a automatically. A one. A one. No. You ever, ask, you ever ask Siri what happens when you divide zero by zero? No. Watch this, watch this. What's zero divided by zero? Riveting podcast right here. Imagine that you have zero cookies and you split them evenly among zero cookies. How many cookies does each person get? See, it doesn't make sense. And Cookie Monster is sad that there are no cookies. And oh, your no. friends are sad because they don't exist. Oh, oh. wow. This escalated quickly. Dang. <laughs> Dang. Series is savage. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Dang. I would love to see Siri in a rap battle. Dude. For real, like versus like Android or something, or versus just Eminem, it would it would dominate any human, like literally an AI. Anyway, anyways, chapter twenty one. Twenty one. Alrighty. And reading voice and go. Action. Everyone seek shelter immediately. There is an oxygen safety hazard. Repeat. There is an oxygen safety hazard. The recorded voice boomed to the entire city of New York at Times Square. From large armored cars with bullhorns and big speakers atop buildings came the loud voice repeating over and over. It was the loudest thing in the city and drowned out all other sounds. All except the screams. Cries of terror filled the air. A wave of people rushing into stores and buildings, and some leaving their cars abandoned on the street, followed. Doors slammed and windows closed. People were still outside, banging on windows and begging them to let them in, and some still in their cars. Uh, okay. 
Hardly visible, a thin fog was rolling in the city. An older man, running for his car, who didn't see the fog, suddenly gasped and fell forward, choking on the gas. The others watched in horror, not knowing what to do. Slowly but surely, the fog was rolling back in, masking everything it covered. The older man, now a terrifying creature, lashed out at the civilians, cutting one of them in the stomach. The civilian fell on the ground, and a puddle of blood blood quickly surrounded her body. The others began to run. The creature noticed and chased them, tackling two of them. The two tackled civilians bashed their faces into the street as the creature tore at their backs. The running civilians ran as one of them was tackled by white flashes of blur. White flashes of blur. The tackled civilians... (laughs) Okay, laugh break real quick. White flashes of blur. Okay. The tackled civilians stood up and chased the rest of the running civilians, now turning into creatures that swarmed the streets. The running civilians fell to the ground, coughing as they began to transform. Soon the whole crowd of running civilians were now the white, terrifying creatures. The creatures noticed the civilians at the windows and rushed at them, almost immediately shattering them. The people screamed and tried to escape, but were only caught and infected. A younger man pulled out his phone and dialed 911 before turning. Soon, almost all of the civilians were turned. Now, this is actually where it starts after chapter 22, which is next. Then it all starts and it gets like super, super intense. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that was intense. I mean, it was just long-winded, which is why I wasn't doing super intense voice or something, you know, because it was right. just the same thing over and over again. Civilian you wrote, the, you wrote gets chapter infected, 22 then kills as them. well with uh, Micah, another character. We New named character, Micah. Micah. Yeah. Are you guys keeping up with these names? They, yeah, someone better be doing a list and doing fan art for every single if character. If somebody can come up with a list and yes. email us, oh, I'll add the email in the description of this. Email us how many names there are. Uh, uh, we'll give we'll give you a free Patreon. Oh, no, okay. we'll give you a pat on the back. I'll give them free access to my Patreon when it drops. Um, okay. Anyway, though, yeah. All right, just a long chapter. I'm reading this one, though. Uh, yeah, You've got yeah. to do your two-piece yeah, no, chapter. Go ahead, I'm reading go ahead. mine. Go ahead. Calm down, Lebrowski. <gasps> okay. Now it's going to be intense voice, because this chapter is actually good. Chapter 22. Wait, before you start, can I, be, can I be completely honest with you? Sure. Some of my least favorite chapters are the Micah ones. Micah dies in the next chapter, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. you say that? I think you mean the gym chapters. <laughs> Evan. Why, why do you spoil it so quickly? Uh, well, I guess this is too funny to cut out, but <sighs> you, <laughs> how else was I going to respond? Like, yeah, sure. Mike dies. <laughs> like, what the heck? Were you trying to comfort me? No, I was thinking that was genuine. Or was that a joke there? Was that what that was supposed to be? That was, that was genuine, but uh, I'm sorry. Okay. Well, now it... <laughs> 
I was, I was like, no, no, he doesn't. He, what do you mean? Okay, okay, let's move on. Chapter, chapter twenty-two. Well, now, audience, now you know. Oh my God! Enjoy the chapters while they're here. They'll only be here so long, I guess. All right. Micah dangled upside down from the bottom of the armored car, blinking a couple of times. Dried, crusty blood crackled on his eyelids. He turned lethargically to Ramph, his friend, only to almost puke at the sight of his of a lamppost protruding gruesomely from his chest. He turned away, struggling to undo his seatbelt. It suddenly snapped, and he fell sideways under the top of the flipped vehicle, groaning in agony. Okay, uh... By the way, I do want to clarify, I wasn't descriptive enough. They're not, like, on top of the... The vehicle's flipped over. They're both inside. Uh, so he's falling to the roof. Oh, okay. But, yeah. Anyway. He fell sideways under the top of the flipped vehicle, groaning in an agony. He was in the armored car that he had been driving and remembered taking a detour down the highway before he had... Before he had seen... Okay, gonna take that all again. He had been in the... He had been in the armored car that he was been driving and remembered taking a detour. You wrote this chapter. I did. That I did. I've run out of water, though, so now my voice is getting all pasty. Finish uh, this chapter and you can go get a water break. Alrighty. Thanks, Dad. He was in the armored car that he had been driving and remembered taking a detour down the highway he had seen he was in the armored car that he had been driving and remembered taking a detour down the highway before he had seen what had he seen all he remembered was ramp pointing and saying something before they careened off the side of the highway screams and sounds of police sirens came from outside he couldn't see anything through the spider web of cracked glass ahead of him but a small hole near Ramp's body, about the size of an apple, had daylight streaming through it. Keeping his eyes away from the mangled and bloody corpse, he crawled over and op- to the opening and looked through it. Images flashed in his head of what he had seen earlier, just before the crash. The incident had happened in a blur, though he remembered something vaguely humanoid, ugly, and white. What he saw through the windshield was much worse. Through a cloud of thin transparent glass, through a thin cloud of transparent gas, a swarm of distil... Through a thin cloud of transparent gas... <laughs> it doesn't have to be I, okay. I've... Also, are we getting into a racial issue? Ugly and white? Okay, that's racist. Are all white people ugly, Oliver? No. That's not right. going in, right? You're cutting this out good. Okay. No, we're not cutting that out. <laughs> okay. You won't even let me say crap on this thing, so... You uh, just said crap. Yeah, exactly. So now you're going to have to go- cut it out. Boom, check it. Oh, my it. God. All right. Continue. Finish that, at least that part. I'm going to finish the whole chapter, but... Yeah, okay. like, this stuff's messing up. I'm trying. Let me focus. Okay. Through a thin cloud of transparent gas, a swarm of disgustingly deformed figures sprinted forward through the sunlight. A group seemed, the ground seemed to shake 
as waves of them dashed forward, straight toward Micah. Raven kicked at the car door, but despite her best efforts, it wouldn't budge. It just slammed from the outside. It was jammed from the outside by a concrete block that had landed there when something had exploded outside. Pity that none had shattered the windshield. She was cramped hopelessly in the front seat of her parents' dented Chrysler, wishing she had convinced them to buy a Chevy like her. The darn thing wouldn't start up again. Raven... What is this, a Transformers ad placement? Okay, okay, okay. I did not know just vehicles. Kidding. I just looked up two brands. <laughs> so very subtle, isn't it? Can we so get sponsored by Chevy and Chrysler? Dude, imagine in the middle of this, just an ad break for them. Imagine. On top of getting uh, money from Patreon, uh, sponsorship we make so from much money from their sponsors. Oh yeah, Michael well, anyway. should also sponsor us. Raven backed up in her seat, preparing to shatter the glass in front of her with her feet. Before she could, however, the door of the passenger side broke inward with a smash, crumbling like tinfoil. A disgusting face revealed itself on the other side, pale and deformed. Help me! The man screamed, violently shaking, as a large spiky bone slowly stabbed its way through his chest. The cry for help transformed into a high-pitched shriek as he fell on his knees, which were now hardened barbs. Raven pushed herself against the driver's seat door, too scared and shocked to even scream. He rose again, but he was different. More spikes were pushing through its face as it tried to smash into the car, reaching for Raven with a deformed claw of a hand. A sudden boom rang out, and its head twisted to the right as it fell over, motionless. Still stunned, Raven crawled over its corpse, avoiding the sharp points of its body. Getting outside, a wave of panic overtook her. Overturned cars smoked as they burned. Dead bodies lay scattered in the streets near them. But worst of all was the cloud. An immense cloud of what looked like steamy gas approached, and in it, a horde of disgusting skeletal figures sprinted or awkwardly galloped towards her at full speed. Gathering her wits, Raven sprinted in the other direction. With another loud bang, Something behind her fell. It was one of those creatures. What was going on? An overturned armored car sat just below a bridge, oil and gas leaking from the engine. In the midst of its cracked windshield was a miniature hole. Another gunshot sounded, accompanied by a flash from the inside this time. As she passed, Raven noticed the vehicle had approached cautiously. As she passed, Raven noticed... As she passed, Raven noticed the vehicle and approached cautiously. Hello? A muffled voice asked from inside. Don't worry, I'm human. I'll get you out. There's no time. Here, take this and go. A hand reached through the hole, holding a pistol and several magazines. Raven hesitated. She hadn't used a gun in several years. Take it, the voice repeated, firmer this time. Raven grabbed the gun, which she recognized as to be a type of Sig Sauer. She turned back one more time as she sprinted away from the car, stuffing the mags into her pocket. Micah fired his last two rounds, taking down another creature. He loaded in a new cycle of ammunition into his revolver. 
Micah pulled the hammer down and shot another in the face. He was almost out of ammunition. He fired the cylinder dry, ejecting it from his gun and reloading for the final time. The swarm was way closer now, about a hundred feet away. They were closing the distance quickly. Bang. Eighty feet. Bang. Sixty. Bang. Forty. Bang. Twenty. Bang. They were almost upon him. Spiked arms punched at the glass, shattering some areas. He backed up, partially hiding behind his friend's corpse, which was still dangling from above. Micah put the gun to his head, closed his eyes, ready to end it quickly before they could get to him. He breathed in and out slowly, calming himself. The dripping of liquid suddenly made him open his eyes. He turned to Ramph, but it wasn't his blood. Out of the small hole above him, gas leaked out. Micah pointed his revolver at the leak just as the first creature got through. Bang. The shot itself didn't do anything. However, when the heat and fire from the muzzle blast got to the hole a second later, it ignited the gas. The flames moved forward, trailing towards the source, the gas tank, where all the gas fumes lit and exploded. The erupting inferno sent the back end of the vehicle backward, while the front end and turned into shards of burning metal and bulletproof glass. Anything nearby was either melted or blown to bits. Nearby cars, the bigger part of the attacking horde, and the structural supports of the bridge above were incinerated. The bridge caved in, dropping empty cars and concrete down below, crushing almost every remaining mutant underneath. The pile of rubble formed a wall, making a large dust cloud and blocking off the road. Wow, what a hero. That was what a chap what a chapter. Oh yeah. What a chapter. See, I actually enjoyed that one. It's it's quality versus quantity. I don't yeah. write so great anymore now because I just don't write much. You you retired. I I have. I we're we're taking this time to look back at the good old days when we did this, but exactly. I've I've hung up the old pen and paper now and you I'm just a simple reader. Oh yeah. Uh I give you 23 because 23 is literally like a, a page. <laughs> oh, no comments? Okay. No well, comments, sure. honestly. Do that, though. and then we'll do a quick break for our Chevy sponsorship, and I'll ship. See, my voice is going. If you want. I got to go get one. Well, I don't want to do it while you're reading it. Maybe you can do it while I'm reading it if you want. It's up to you. All right. I don't want to have to pick up the computer. Okay. Matt pulled over and read the text he received. His eyes widened, and he rolled up his window in the car. Jim noticed this. What's wrong? asked Jim. There's a serious poisoning in the air. Said to stay inside and close the windows and doors, said Matt, putting his phone away. Jim turned on the radio to make the weird feeling in his stomach go away. If we're headed towards town, square, or anywhere in New York, turn around immediately. There's a strange, deadly virus going around that turns anyone into white, aggressive creatures. There are scientists on the case, and they say the best option is to stay inside until further notice said the newscaster from the radio. Oh my god, the virus is airborne, yelled Jim. What? How? I don't know, but everything he described is what attacked my partner that night. We have to go to Times Square, said Jim, adrenaline pumping. We don't have any protection from the air. Then we need to drive at the nearest appliance store. They have gas masks. They'll protect us from the airborne virus, said Jim. No, it's too dangerous, said Matt. We have to help. There are probably still people who aren't infected. Fine, there's a place not too far said Matt, pulling back into the road. The truck sped away, gravel kicking up behind it. 
Jim's a real character. Jim is real. Jim's a lifesaver. Oh, okay. So was Micah. He was real cool, and you didn't. Micah have was actually really many cool. Many comments on him. He was really cool. Thank he you. Risked his, he risked his life to kill about thirty, maybe forty of the infected. I I was wrong. That was not a spoiler earlier when I said he dies the next chapter because that was within the same chapter that he died. Oh. He pretty okay. much got spawn killed. He got written into existence, then immediately died by the end of the chapter. Really takes a saying, I've brought you into this world, I can take you out to a whole new meaning. Oh, yeah. Writers have all the power, if you honestly, really think about it's, it. Honestly, it's scary power. It's terrifying. It Hold is. It, 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 it is. It is really terrifying. Two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we definitely can do anything. It's so much power. It's like... We're almost like we almost have the same amount of power as like the president, if you really think about it. Well, uh, what's that saying? Like the pen is more powerful than the sword, or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Definitely. I don't think I mean, this is what they meant. I think they were talking about journalism, but it certainly applies here too. We're as important as journalism as a journalist at this point. Oh yeah, entertainment is way more important than talking about important things going on in the world. A hundred percent. I a hundred percent agree with that point. Hmm. We're on chapter 24 already. Can you believe that? I can't actually because like while we have done at this point two total hours of reading this book pretty much, um, they're like 24, 20, like chapter 24. If we were reading a normal book, we would be like at, at most on chapter 10. Oh, yeah. But because we, it's our book... Yeah, two pages, one page a chapter. We are speeding we get, through it. We get things done. <laughs> yep. It, All right, this is another is... Raven chapter. I'm guessing you want to review Raven chapter. Yep, I'm looking at it. It's nice and indented. It's nice and neat. I'm ready to read. All right. I won't hold you from it. All right. Much appreciated. <laughs> of course. <clears throat> chapter 24. Darkness. All that Raven could see was darkness. She sprinted away into the roadway tunnel, running down the opposite way from the bridge collapse caused by the armored car explosion. That had left her ears ringing in pain. Raven's eyes had adjusted to the dark, allowing her to make out some of the cars ahead in the tunnel. Some had doors opened, others were overturned with a sprinkling of glass shards all over them. The weird thing was, none of the cars had any lights on. Upon closer inspection, Raven had discovered that they were all shattered. She had the strangest feeling. She wasn't alone. Stepping over shards of glass and pieces of metal, she moved toward... Stepping over shards of glass and pieces of metal, she moved between flipped and crashed cars, checking all the windows. Most car doors were opened, but some had shattered windows. As Raven walked by... With her gun held up in front of her, she plucked a long... Even with the waterman. Alright. As Raven walked by with her gun held up in front of her, she plucked a long, white spike from a nearby car. Dropping it, she checked the safety on her firearm, making sure it was off. The, shim the shimmer of sunlight up ahead promised the end of the tunnel but Raven was skeptical. She kept to the side of the wall, edging around cars. Something moved to her left. In a single second, she was crouched with her shoulders squared, gun held up high at the target. Between the windshield of a battered Toyota 
A crying woman sat behind the glass, rapping on the window lightly. The woman's makeup was streaked down her face, her complexion dim. Raven approached silently, reaching for the door handle. The woman shook her head quickly, pointing towards her frantically. Something moved in the dim reflection of the windshield. Raven ducked, a large clawed hand swung into the Raven ducked as a large clawed hand swung into the glass, right above her head. She rolled forward, twisting and bringing her gun up, firing three times. It all happened in the blink of an eye, but the creature was fast as well. With a howl, it sprinted far into the tunnel, quickly pursued by another three bullets from Raven's sig. Raven turned into the car, taking her eyes off the area that it had ran toward to check on the woman. There was no point in even getting a pulse. The face was smashed inward. Bloodied bits of brain and eyes were intertwined with sharp, bony spikes. Despite seeing the mangled face for only a brief moment, Raven still vomited. Wiping the reddish puke from her mouth, Raven ran back toward the light, looking over her shoulder. The gory image would forever haunt her. That was that was beautiful, Oliver. Thank you. The the reading or the writing, because my the, voice the, is just both. not on point today. I apologize to the to both. all listeners. The both, honestly. Oh my Thank lord, you. bro! The next chapter. Guess how many pages? Oh boy. Guess before you look. Okay. Um. Well, I already saw three of them, so I'm gonna guess six, because that's real high. But there's no way. Six. Yeah. Try ten. Ten. Yep. Ten, like almost normal book size. Yeah, dude, that's insane. I know. I feel so accomplished. Of course, it's one of yours too. I never get to take the cake on these kind of things. All right. No, you don't. It's my chapter. Well, well done. Thank Enjoy you. your little read. It's actually whatever. one of the most um like action packed uh, chapters too. Okay, well, hold on. I just had an armored car explode. I had a guy like headshot eighteen zombies. Oh, but this is like consistent, consistent. <sighs> All right, all right, all right. Are you ready? Right. You ready for this? You ready for this? I'm, yeah, sure. I'm ready, ready to watch you continue with the thing I set up with the military personnel coming in and absolutely right, ruin right, it. Like right, do right, everything right. I create. Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. Anyways. Kill all my characters, Edmund. Oh, all well. Them. Cry about it. All right. I will Chapter later. 25. <sighs> I take a deep breath for this one. It's a long boy. Oh, yeah. The truck skidded to a halt, and Sly and the rest jumped out, swinging their guns into their hands. These gas masks are musty, said Mac, shifting it to make it more comfortable. Unless you want to turn out like LT, I suggest you keep it on, said Josh, reloading. Sly noticed the white creatures banging on the giant window of the restaurant, civilians behind it screaming for their lives. Hey, ugly, yelled Sly. He lined up the creatures in his crosshair. It turned around, getting on its hands and feet, and dashed towards Sly, screeching the whole time. Sly lowered his eye to the scope and aimed. The bullet shot right through the creature's head. It fell to the ground, its face stained with dark red blood. Nice shot, Sly, said Mac. After the shot sounded, the rest of the creatures turned around and dashed at them, their mouths releasing terrible sounds, their eyes like deers in headlights. Mac, Josh, and Sly shot into the wave of creatures, some falling flat and others continuing with bullets in their bodies. Mac reloaded quickly, and so did Josh. Sly reached down to his utility belt and pulled out an ETMP grenade. 
pulled the pin, and chucked it into the wave. Five seconds later, a cloud of smoke and fire filled the air. The creatures flew into the air, some missing limbs. The bodies fell back to the ground, cracking noises, filling the air. Nice. Keep going. Keep doing that if they get too close, said Josh. A creature with its lower half of its body gone screeched and crawled towards Sly. Excuse me. Sly aimed and shot its left eye, immediately killing it. The people from behind the restaurant window cheered, pumping their fists. From around the corner of the street, a new wave of creatures appeared rushing towards Sly. Mac and Josh. They all shot into the wave of white as it approached, screeches filling the air. Sly and Mac threw grenades into the wave, a huge pile of bodies flying into the air. The wave grew closer. No matter how many shots they took, the creatures continued to get closer and closer. Matt and Jim walked out of the appliance store holding their gas mask and got into the car. Let's stop by the shooting range real quick. We're going to need something to fight with, said Jim. Matt and Jim uh, jumped out of the truck and rushed into the shooting range. Police business. We need to confiscate some firearms and ammunition, said Matt to the clerk, holding up his badge. I'm closing down the store. Sorry, said the clerk, locking out the compartment. <laughs> no, you're going to close up after we get what we need, said Matt. The clerk sighed and opened up the compartments with pistols. Which ones? She asked. Jim spoke up, looking toward the shelf. We're not here for handguns. We need something high caliber. Rapid fire. That has at least 20 round magazines, said Jim. The clerk nodded and closed uh, the compartment and walked through the door to the back. She came back with two crisp vectors in her hands. Jim looked down at him. Let me grab the ammo. She said, placing the guns on the counter and returning to the back room. She came back with four sets of mags. Here, take it. On the house, said the clerk, handing them the mags. Jim grabbed his gun, and Matt did the same. They walked out of the store and jumped into the truck and drove off. I'm out of ammo, yelled Mac as he shot his last round. We have more in the truck. Take my gun for now, yelled Sly as he threw his gun to Mac and ran to the truck. He elbowed open the door and dug through his backpack. He slammed the door closed and ran over to Mac, picking up his empty gun and reloading it. It's full now, said Sly as Mac traded guns. The wave of creatures had slowly grown smaller, but still, there were a lot. The rest of New York was either hiding or attacking other people. A loud screech sounded, but it wasn't the creatures. It was a car. Look, there's help, yelled Jim as he climbed out of the truck. Sly told Mac and Josh that there were civilians walking over to them. We can hold them off. Go over and tell them to evacuate, said Josh. Sly swung his gun over his shoulder and ran over to the civilians. We heard the announcement on the radio, so we came to assist anyone in distress, said Jim to Sly. Look, I know you're trying to help and all, but we got this under control, said Sly. With all due respect, there's a bunch of them and only three of you. Couldn't hurt to help us it couldn't hurt to couldn't hurt you to let us to let us help. Plus, we've got guns and gas masks. Mac, putting on his mask, Sly sighed and motioned for them to follow him. We've been here only for a couple minutes. They keep on closing in. Have you tried grenades? Yeah, only works for a couple seconds. Jim sighed and then remembered. Aim for the head. If you hit them in the eyes, mouth, or nose, it's a guaranteed kill, said Jim. How do you know that? Because one of those things attacked me once, and I shot in the arm and it just kept going. So I tried the head and it went down right away. Okay, I'll let my time. I'll let my team know. Backup's on the way. It'll be a while before they get here, though," said Sly, getting his gun ready. 
Jim and Matt loaded their guns and followed Sly to his team. I thought I told you to get them out of here, said Josh, shooting into the wave. The five men continued to shoot the wave, decreasing in size dramatically. When there was only a couple of creatures left, an all-new wave came. Creatures appeared from around the corner of the street. We need to hide out and wait for backup. Everyone over to that building, said Josh, pointing at a worn-down apartment building. Everyone ran towards the building, the creatures following close behind. Mac opened the front door and pushed everyone inside, and pulled the door shut, the creatures slamming into the door. Get yourselves to the second floor and find an unlocked room. Go! yelled Matt, holding the door shut. The four ran up the stairs and looked for unlocked rooms. Watch out! yelled Sly. He noticed one of the creatures running down the hallway. Sly aimed and took and looked through the scope and shot. The creature fell to the ground, a puddle of blood surrounding its face. Nice shot. Um, Sly, said Sly, shaking his hand awkwardly. I'm Josh. I'm Matt. Okay, now that we all got to know each other, we should probably keep looking for a room, said Sly, taking off his camouflage helmet. Hey guys, I don't think I'm going to make it. I thought about it, and as soon as I move from the doors, they'll attack me and turn me, said Mac into the walkie-talkie. Sly grabbed his and spoke into it. Okay, we're coming down to help. No, stay up there, said Mac. Sly slide. Sorry, this is a tongue twister. Sly sighed and ended the conversation. Okay, over and out. Josh twisted a doorknob on one of the rooms and it opened. Hey guys, this one's open. Everyone rushed into the room and locked it. Mac thought, Mac thought over and over of ways to stay alive, but none worked. He grabbed a grenade from his belt and pulled the pin. He grasped the, the grenade and backed away from the door, the wave of creatures rushing in. The creatures scratched and bit at Mac. He screamed in agony as he felt fingernails digging deep into his skin. The grenade exploded and bodies flew everywhere. The four guys heard the loud explosion, their eyes widened as they realized what happened. Outside, the sound of helicopters filled the air. Backup is here, said Sly, running out of the room. The four of them rushed outside and ducked low, shielding their faces against the dust that the helicopters kicked up. The closet, the closest helicopter lowered just above the ground as the others zoomed overhead, trying to find a good angle to fire at the horde from. The second helicopter began shooting at the wave, the creatures falling down, dead, one by one. Leave the wave! Leave the wave! Abort! The, plane, the pilot of the Helicopter 1 shouted from his cockpit. Helicopter 2 slowed their fire to separate bursts instead of the steady stream it had, been, it had been and began to rise in altitude, rotating to start flying back to base camp. The wave of white closed in, the creatures tripping over each other, sprinting at the helicopters with inhuman speed and dexterity. Jim tapped the pilot of the helicopter on one of the shoulders and shouted, We've got another wave coming out of that hotel up ahead. We us around before they get to us. The helicopters rove above the buildings, turning over the rooftops to avoid getting caught by the horde. But as Helicopter 1 skimmed over the roof, ICCs piled out through the light green door and charged the helicopters. Pull up faster! They're trying to jump towards us! yelled Sly to the pilot. ICCs gripped the low-hanging landing skids and tried to pull themselves up. Helicopter 1 dipped downward uh, and to the right, as the ICCs, which will now be for, um, forwardly referenced as X, threatened to pull the whole helicopter down. But the pilot stopped forward acceleration and instead turned with the pull of the X spinning in a half circle. Most of the X that didn't have the space to move and rotate with the helicopters turned, turned, screeched, and let go as their hands snapped all the way around. 
With enough ICs, with enough icks letting go, Helicopter 1 pulled up quickly as Helicopter 2 approached. The helicopters looked like they were going to collide, but Helicopter 1 gained enough altitude to f skim right over Helicopter 2. Any remaining icks gripping the skids and Helicopter 1 were cut in half, but Helicopter 2 ro ro rotary blades uh, were cut in half by uh, Helicopter 2 rotary blades. Helicopter 2 wasn't so lucky. Instead of following the helicopter's one example, the pilot of Helicopter 2 kept trying to lift off and fly forward off uh, the side of the building. With Helicopter's two gunners shooting the X only on the right side of the fuselage? I don't know what that word is. Fuselage. Okay. The helicopter started leaning left as well as forward. They're not going to make it, Sly said. He had seen helicopters in action many times before and knew that putting too much of any type of tilt on them could be highly dangerous especially when the helicopter wasn't going through much motion. This one was also almost stationary. The rookie pilot of Helicopter 1 was trying to break free from the horde, but he was doing so by learning, leaning it beyond its capabilities. When helicopters did such maneuvers in the air, they were, all, they were using safety harnesses, the Gs gained by acceleration to keep people from falling out. But here, the soldiers weren't strapped in and the helicopter was hardly going anywhere. The gunner slipped first. The helicopter tipped to a 35-degree angle sideways, and the gunner's position rose. He continued to fire into the horde, but had to aim lower to do so, and therefore was consistently edging forward to do so. Unseen to him due to his angle, and Ick, and Ick directly below him climbed onto the back of another and jumped up to try to grab his, foot, his boot. It only sliced the laces on his shoe, but the gunner recoiled his legs too fast and with too much force, and he fell back. Sliding down the floor and slamming back first, back and slamming back first into another soldier inside the fuselage, and sending them both toppling out into the horde of Ix on the left side. The horde briefly shifted their attention away from helicopter two, lessening the tilt on the helicopter. The pilot seized the opportunity to lift off, pushing his joystick up and forward. The bird rose from the horde and out open ov op over the open road but started getting lower as new X jumped for the skids and got a handhold. A steady stream of X lunged for the helicopter, some smashing against the tail and tail rotor. Black smoke soon billowed from the top of the... Fuselage. Oh, hold as on, hold on, hold on. Fuselage. There we go. As Helicopter 2 strained to keep level, the bird took a hard left turn before it could crash into a building, but this only ended up putting the helicopter into a spin. Helicopter 2 shook violently and then quickly decreased in altitude. It spun left, then right, then crashed into a building just two stories over the pavement. The burning remains of the helicopter hit the ground. A deafening explosion filled the air as the crew of the Helicopter 1 helplessly watched. Helicopter 1 sat suspended in the air at a safe distance above the horde. Everyone's eyes were on the burning wreckage that had, for a time, been a fellow helicopter filled with fellow soldiers. Jim wondered if the men in his helicopter were feeling the same way as he had when Carter had died. Probably not. He had been the one to put the final bullet in Carter. These men had simply watched their friends die. They hadn't had, done, they hadn't had to do it themselves. He wondered which was worse, having to kill a friend or standing by helplessly as someone else did. The silence was broken as the pilot opened his mouth to speak into his headset like he was going to try and contact the other helicopter hesitated, and instead radioed his headquarters. Lamo, this is Quinto, Quinto 1. Horn assets are recovered and secure. We lost Quinto 2. 
Jim could hear the disbelief in the man's voice, as if he didn't trust his own words. Something vaguely sounded like a Roger that, followed by some sort of question, buzzed out of the pilot's headset, and he replied, Negative. The pilot's voice cracked. No crash survivors. Another delay, and then a return message from the radio. Roger. Turning to base with package. The pilot said, turning the helicopter upwards and around, putting the tail in the back of the... Fuselage. I have to unpause, uh, unmute my mic, rather, uh, every time I want to say this. Uh, anyway, back to you. Between the passengers and the flaming helicopter wreck, everyone around Jim sat silently or pretended they were sleeping. But Jim just slid over to the edge of the f- fuselage, put his arm through one of the grips that dangled unattended against the helicopter's back wall, and pulled out a cigarette. His arms remained still, not trembling, not scratching itches that didn't exist. Not clasped firmly together, just still. It disturbed him. Woo! Dang. That was a long chapter. And it was good, too. It was. It oh, was action. God. It was character development. There was there was such description. Wow. Dude, this oh. random helicopter pilot, all of a sudden, he's a bit character. Like, dang, son. He, dude, he knows how to drive a copter. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and he's, he's watching his friends. He's watching the burning corpses of his friends and he's you muted yourself on accident oh did i i i just had my mouse hovering over there so i could uh afford the fart and stuff uh while you were reading your chapter but mm. i didn't know that you were was gonna have any chapter for me. like wow. oh yeah some of the stuff i did have trouble visualizing but i think that's because we collaborate a little bit much and i had different yeah. visions than you I think we both did parts of this chapter, not to discredit you a bit, but it was, yeah, big chapter, book size chapter, wow. book quality writing. Uh, really yeah, I action. just realized we introduced ICCs a little too early in this chapter because now people don't understand what those are. There, I bet, I I think it's next chapter that gets clarified you, what that means. Yeah, what, what it stands for. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, do you want to read next chapter or do you want me to read it? Sure, but all well, this... This come on, this is a ten page chapter. Let's talk about it a little more. I I noticed what was it yeah, that Matt M- died, right? No Mac. There's Max, Mac, oh my goodness, Mac, and Matt. You have three very identical characters, and I think you created all three of them. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, that, that sounds like me. I I think uh I definitely know I did parts of this chapter because um. I was the person that kept looking up random weapons to put in. I was like, uh, what's like a tank, but not a tank. Cause I don't want them to have, uh, tanks. So I looked some stuff up and I figured out APC that was earlier. Uh, Mm. but now the ETMP grenade and then the Chris vectors, I was just looking up guns to be honest. You were just looking on things at that point. Right. Yeah. I was wall crapping a lot of the time, but. Or sorry, beep beeping a lot of the time, but it was, I don't know. I think it ended up well, though, that's sometimes annoying that there's over-explanation or just random name-dropping of things, and it doesn't make sense. But the end of that chapter especially, boy, I did like that. I think most, like, almost all the helicopter stuff was pretty much you. Mm -hmm. I I liked that bit of action there, and that was cool. That was cinematic, too. It was swerving left and right, and then it crashed into the building and exploded, and man that was cool that was that was a long chapter but it felt like it was good yeah well not felt like it was good it was but good. speaking of 
good chapters. Now we're on to one that looks like it's going to be solely exposition. So, which is very important to our story. Let's <sighs> Even though, as much as we hate exposition because it can be slow, you have to have it in the story. Well, thank you. I feel much better now at having to read it. All right, I'll <laughs> okay. I'll get to it then. All right. Good chapter though. You had fantastic reading and writing. Thank you. It was yeah. it was a lot of tongue twisters with Sly and like just oh so many Sly people. signaled the stupid <laughs> yeah. Spitfire or something. All right. Yeah. All right. My turn to read. Let's go. Chapter twenty five. The helicopter, which Sly had recognized as a Blackhawk, descended onto the red H that had most likely been spray-painted onto the dirt by some other airman. The makeshift landing pad was lined up roughly parallel to four others, all a mere hundred or so feet away. As Sly hopped out, he emptied his canteen onto the grass, holding it far from his body so that the urine he had filled it with couldn't get to it on his shoes. He turned to Jim, whose face shriveled into a look of disgust. What? Didn't you have to go? said Josh, using the awkward moment for comic relief. If you think that's disgusting, you'd hate one day... If you think that's disgusting, you'd hate one of our long day rides in a Chinook where all we have to do is... If you think that's disgusting, you'd hate one of our day-long rides in a Chinook where we have to crap in our empty MRE packets. Jim snorted. Don't you military bums have any personal hygiene? Josh took the opportunity to tease Jim again. Personal hygiene? We got more personal hygiene than any of you New York pigs do with your donut-filled patrol cars. Sly, who had just uncapped his canteen and was taking a slip, a sip, went into somewhat of a coughing laugh. He turned away from the tomato-red Jim and capped his canteen, then turned back, still chuckling. Before Jim could say anything, a lanky, dark-haired figure approached the newly landed helicopter, coming out of a small, te- uh, small tent 30 feet away and catching the attention of Sly and Josh. They immediately straightened their tired backs and slapped their hands to their sides almost sim- simultaneously, leaving Jim, as Sly noticed, looking out of place. Jim ran his hands over the man's. Jim ran his eyes over the man's attire face, and posture, and didn't quite seem to get the memo. Sly helped him out. Jim, ever watch any more movies? Why? Because this is a five-star general. He probably had a conference with the president this morning. It took Jim another second. Oh. And then, oh, crap. Jim quickly mimicked Sly's salute. The general stepped a few, stopped a few feet away, saluted, and spoke in an accent that Sly guessed made him a Virginian. All right, Virginian accent time. Hold on. It's all right. Oh, my goodness. A Virginian accent. I don't think I've actually ever heard a Virginian accent, Oliver. I'm very curious to hear this. Sorry, my parents just came home and were shouting. That's fine. That's fine. Okay, anyway. Uh, I don't know what a Virginian accent is either. (laughs) All right. Just do a regular accent. (laughs) That'd be funny. Just a normal guy, the most normal guy. All right, here we go. 
at ease, men. Where's your commanding officer? Before Sly knew it, he was speaking. Shot him myself, sir. The words came out, without his mind even giving them permission to, too suddenly and in too much of a nonchalant tone. Where was his remorse? The ICC's got him, then? I'm unfamiliar with the acronym, sir. The general shrugged. It ain't really one. It could mean incurable contagious civilians, or infectious contagion carriers, or influential crab carriers. No one really... Oh, hold on. It ain't really one. It could mean incurable contagious civilians, or infectious contagious contagion carriers, or influential crab canners. No one really knows. No one really gives a crap what it stands for, but it caught on, so now we're using it. Personally, I don't believe that it stands for the latter, but who even really knows what these things are anyway? Just heard a couple of boys down in the 40 calling them ickies. Soon enough, I bet that's what's going to be catching on too. Sly gave a hint of a chuckle, then stopped, looking up at the general. You said the 42nd, sir? I thought they were stationed over at Troy. The general's face hung dark. Son, how many shots did it take to kill your commanding officer? The crude sensation of regurgitating stomach acid hit Sly's taste buds unexpectedly, and he swallowed them back down, but a metallic taste remained. Too many, sir. How... just how tough are these things? The general frowned. Saw one just the other night take a fifty cal round right through its center of mass and get right back up. Our primary method for putting them down is to hit the legs. For now, we're resorting to scattering landmines around the perimeter of the base, but, understandably, that's a double-edged sword. Again, Sly was confused by the word. The words. Around? Is, is the base encircled? How far is this spread? Welcome to Crockett AFB, also known as the Alamo. There said the... Oh, whoa, that's a sun cut. Also said... Uh, okay, hold on. Welcome to Crockett AFB, also known as Alamo, said the tall, gray-haired general. The lieutenant general acknowledged him for the first time. Civvies go into the recombobulation area, sir. Sly felt weird seeing the lieutenant general call anyone sir. I'm a, not a civilian, sir, Jim said, fishing out his police badge. As you probably know, there is a dangerous virus going around, turning people into monsters. Currently, it has not spread here, so you can remove your mask if you wish. Jim and the other rest removed their masks and took a big gulp of air. You two, are you National Guard? asked Rick. Who is Rick? Looking at Josh and Sly. Yes, sir, but our whole platoon is dead. The creatures get them? Sly lowered his head. Yes, sir. Rick motioned for the two to follow. Our purpose is to collect clean civilians first, then civilians in infected areas. Since all of you are the sort of law enforcement, all of you will help. If you wish to stay out in the field, talk to me or other soldiers about helping with the research instead, said Rick. Is there research for an attempt to find a cure? asked Jim. Yeah, said Rick, slapping Jim on the back. So far, the virus is only surrounding New York, but we don't know an actual time period for the total infection of the state of New York. We could use as much help as possible with the research. According to our sources, it originated somewhere from the center of the city, 
I can help with the research. I have a, a PhD in virus pathogenesis, said Jim. Great. I'll get you on that in a moment. Who wants to be out in the field helping with the infected? Matt, Josh, and Sly all raised their hands, a determined look in their eyes. <laughs> Great. Looks like we got ourselves a virus-stopping squad. Man, that was cliche. Yeah, and a lot of exposition, but that was neat. That was neat. I liked the, um, you added a lot more to this than last time, when I remember when I last read this. Mm. You had a lot more, like, the general was more like, you know, he was, he was relentless. We, we we did a lot of things that we added without telling other people or even commenting on the document, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. But there was a massive cut there. There was around as the base encircled, how far is the spread? And then immediately we cut to some lieutenant general. And apparently there's someone else. He just doesn't answer the question. Uh, okay. He just ignores it. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, you know, weird chapter, but there's some exposition there. Uh, what was it? Uh, I liked it, to be honest. I did like it, too. Uh, there you we now know that it stands for influential crab canners, so that's it's good that that's like, out of the way. I was like, "What are we gonna add it for?" I don't know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. When I was coming up with that, I was like, "I want to come up with like a quote unquote scientific name." Right. Um, but I was like, "This is so hard." What, how, I I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think we we did the best that our stupid little minds could do, and I think it worked out moderately well. I don't know. But all of a sudden, hold on. Jim has a PhD in virus pathogenesis. Don't what? Question, Jim. What? Yeah. Don't Why are you a cop, Jim. sir? What is this man yeah, doing? I don't know. I'm just going with that. He dropped out of college <laughs> because he got bored. I don't know. He got hit in the head, and then his you whole want, mentality You want the truth? Changed. I looked up what's the easiest thing you can get in in finding a cure, and it was pathogenesis. Uh, what was it called? Uh, virus, virus, pathogenesis. virus pathogenesis which is an actual thing you can look it up yeah i can actually look that up real quick and read that definition well to be fair that was google probably like <laughs> yes six years ago okay so. uh viral pathogenesis is a viral? study of the process of and mechanisms by which viruses cause disease in their target hosts often at the cellular or molecular level okay. it's a specialized field of study in virology Pathogenesis is a qualitative description of the process by which an initial infection causes disease. Okay. So I actually did my research on that part. Why does he know that and why is he a cop? Nobody knows. Nobody knows why he <laughs> why he's a cop. But he is. Yeah, so I don't know. But um Here's the bad thing. I think Oliver's computer or whatever he was using just died because he just got kicked. So that's bad news. But we were actually thinking about stopping anyways. This is the perfect time to stop. It has been uh, an hour and 59 minutes. That is a crazy long time. Actually, our longest episode yet. And it's on the Patreon. That's crazy. Thank you guys so much if you're listening to this on the Patreon. Though, Thank you so much for subscribing to be able to hear uh, this exclusive content. Um, part 3 will be coming out. Uh, sometime on the Patreon as well. So if you like this, keep an eye out for part three because it's going to get way better. We're currently on page 73 of 142. So we still got a little bit to go. And I can say 
from reading it before <laughs> we got a lot to go and it's going to get way way better so um thank you so much guys for listening i hope you guys enjoyed this episode nonsense or nonsense and story time we do we are going to shout out our patreons though uh, we have two patreons and they are niels Bohr and b-boy bobby thank you for subscribing to our patreon um make sure to again keep your eye out for the second uh our third part sorry of this the first part is on the regular podcast on apple podcast uh spotify and google Podcasts, and all those other podcast platforms um, part two and then future part three will all be on the patreon exclusively so make sure to keep an eye out for that and um uh, yeah that's it thank you for listening and uh, be sure again to keep out for part three thanks for listening